you're not playing finals. All right. No, let- no, no. I, I think we will. All right, let's start the podcast because that's an interesting discussion. <laughs> All right. And we're back. Welcome to the last four podcast, two weeks in a row. ISO boys only. I'm Jamal. I'm joined 29 and a half kilometers away. Ash Hetherington. And it's been a nice, smooth start to the evening's proceedings with the podcast. Yeah, yeah, no problems at all. Everything traveling perfectly smoothly. We've, um, I, I'd it's... equate the starting of this podcast to the handling of the Hawthorne succession plan. Yeah. Basically, my Wi Fi sympathized with uh, the Victorian government and went into lockdown. <laughs> okay what happened because you just froze and then went out and i didn't hear from you for like 15 minutes i was like oh, so, so the house collapsed <laughs> no so obviously we were talking we were ready to start the pod and then i said something you just didn't respond i was like hello hello and you just frozen and i thought you dropped out and then i hung up and tried to reconnect and realized oh i can't get back in obviously it's my wi-fi then ko went off on the tv i was like oh dear this is awful i'll turn wi-fi off i'll message him on 4g <laughs> had no 4g oh, he's had a shocker realized i don't have your phone number what do you mean you don't have- oh you've got, you've got you've had a couple <laughs> of new phones mate i uh, have your phone number oh yeah no i could call you mount helen house <laughs> no mate i still remember your phone mobile oh the, you've done far better than me i remember mum's dad's caitlin's at a pinch yeah mine and maybe pat's old one which is now his sister's phone so that's a it's not great lucy is that the sister's name no annie ah uh. Lucy does. Who was Lucy? Russell. Lucy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Russell's mom has got. Yeah, right. I remember that. <laughs> Shout out Russell's um, mom. She's got it going on. Yeah, absolutely. As the entire school dance chanted. Oh, they hated it too. That was genuinely a highlight of high school, was that school dance singing Russell's mom. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yes, and I was just stranded. I was like, well, 4G hasn't worked all day. The Wi-Fi is dead. I have no way of connecting to anything. So I eventually tried changing all the settings on my phone and eventually got very spotty 4G because it doesn't work that well up this high. That is wild that you are in the middle of the Melbourne CBD and your 4G does not work. Yeah, I could... Without hyperbole, I could literally throw a tennis ball from my apartment into the Yarra. <laughs> and yet. And it was just, just off the grid. It was like 2003. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said to pull the landline. Send a carrier pigeon. Uh, but we're back. We are so, back. Right, I'm here. And... Well, do we have a bias seg sting? We better get straight absolutely into it. Straight into it. Here comes Z again. Mano a mano. Can he shut him down like he did last year? Little fire. Are you kidding me at the wall? I honestly feel like the Panthers are on top. The run of the play, I feel like they're doing better than the Melbourne Storm, but the Melbourne Storm have been able to keep the scoreboard ticking. He's not wrong. 
Look, mate, that's the way I felt about Carlton all year. I think they're on top of everything. They're just a well-run club. They've been doing well on the field. Off the field. You know. Everything's the, the T train is basically one of those Japanese bullet trains. <laughs> yeah. They they just haven't got the results. They just keep flying past the station. <laughs> They're just too well maintained. They're, they are too well of an oiled machine. They're going too fast to stop. <laughs> All right. Uh, what? Or, uh, actually, you start because we beat fifteenth. So that's a that's a good point. So look. Uh, all that needs to be said is flagged on. Oh, all right. <laughs> all right. I mean, flag? Probably not. I No. Although there was an article in the Herald Sun today, uh, not today, this week, <laughs> that just with the headline, can the Dons make a prelim? I mean, and they can. I they thought can to myself... I thought to myself, if you're going to make such an outrageous and blatantly wrong prediction, why would you limit it at making a prelim? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like... If you're going to say something so outlandish and ridiculous, why wouldn't you say, can they win the flag? The lid is three quarters off in that statement. The, the, lid, lid, is, the lid is loose. <laughs> the door is ajar. The door is not blown <laughs> wide open. Yeah. Our, our premiership windows not open, but I mean, if you jimmy it enough you can kind of get a crack through like what can they make the prelim oh yeah yeah they can finish eighth beat fifth and then beat third but after that no, 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 no. they're done no chance because technically uh i think carlton is still technically in the race no they're not they needed to win their last three and they wow. um capitulated against the formidable outfit that is the gold coast suns all right Fremantle can technically win a flag yeah i mean Fremantle were eighth last week they're now 12th so uh, and you know it's it's all about fine margins but that's one of those things where you, exactly what you said is just like why not go all the way why not like, sam draper for prime minister like Jesus. Like the, the most ridiculously optimistic Essendon supporter, which I am not, as you know, yeah, but the most ridiculously optimistic Essendon supporter knows that we're not winning the flag. Yeah. But so if you're going to write that article, why would you? Just... Anyway. Who wrote it? I've got no idea. I didn't read it. I read the headline. I read the headline. And I was like, what a ridiculous thing to say. Um. Anyway, go on. Anyway, to the conversation that we were having just before we came on air that sort of inspired us to come on air at quarter to 10 at night time on a Wednesday. Hey, your your Wi-Fi inspired us to get on air at quarter to 10. That's a, that's a good point. But um, I think it is now probably more likely than not that Essendon make finals. Mm-hmm. So for is Essendon to make... Uh, I will address. I will come to that. All right. For Essendon to make finals, we need to beat the two remaining sides, which are Gold Coast and Collingwood, which we should do. We've got everything to play for. They've got nothing to play for. Add on to the fact that we're significantly better than both those teams. Mm-hmm. And we need either GWS to lose one of their last two games or West Coast to lose one of their last two games. So West Coast played Brisbane in Brisbane in round 23. They are a notorious, notoriously bad traveling team. They should not win that. Add to that, they play Freo this week in the Derby, which I would say they're probably only 50 54. Mm. 
GWS have to play Richmond in Melbourne this week um, without Toby Green as it stands right now. I know it is at Richmond's most hated deck under the roof at Marvel, but um, I would think Richmond are a reasonably good chance of winning that, especially considering how up and down GWS are. The Hawthorne game is case in point. Mm. And to be perfectly honest, they also have to play Carlton, who even though they should get nowhere near GWS, are annoyingly okay on their day. Well, and that's, that's, I feel like Carlton and GWS are quite similar in the fact that they are incredibly sporadic and it could be in any given week. Obviously, they'll have Toby by the last round. Yeah, at least. Yeah, because he's, he's currently at one, but it has appealed. At least. So, like, it's one of those things where if Toby, like, it's, who did they beat? They beat Geelong. And yeah, I know. Did, yeah. We're on, you know, the bias egg, but they had every which person, like fucking Xavier O'Halloran turned up and you're like, who? Oh, yeah, they had so many out. Um, Josh Kelly was a late withdrawal. Like, they they had no right to win that game and they didn't just beat them, they pants Geelong. Yeah, and it's the same with Carlton where you're just like, well, if, you know, Sam Walsh has 35 touches and three goals and then who'd they beat the other week where Sam Walsh just... um. Most people. absolutely bananas. Uh, Port Adelaide was it? No, no, no. They didn't beat Port Adelaide. Um, Hilda. Uh, that was, it was Collingwood, like, wasn't it? Was it Collingwood? It was Collingwood because they were behind. Yeah, and that ridiculous goal that Sam Walsh kicked. Harry McKay. Harry, Harry McKay kicked four Harry. in the last quarter. Yeah. It's it's that, that kind of team where you just like, it's a genuinely Jekyll and Hyde team where you just like, who the fuck turns up? Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I think the odds are pretty good that one of GWS or West Coast will lose one of their next two games. Right. So, back on the Dons, who do you guys play? You can play Gold Coast this week. Gold Coast, you'd like to think we'll win. And then Collingwood in round 23. Which you'd like to think you'd win as well. Collingwood are probably playing... Uh, I was going to say play for draft pick. They don't have their draft pick. Um, they'll uh, get Dacos. Yeah. No, no. So, yeah. Correct. So the, the only way that whole draft pick fiasco turned out bad is if they finished bottom because they would have got Dacos and pick one. Yeah. Um, but as it stands, if they don't finish the bottom, it, it doesn't matter where they finish. Yeah. Um, um, they'll still get it. But yeah. So yeah. And, and to be honest, it's at the point where if we don't, if we can't beat both of those, we don't deserve to play finals anyway. So. Yeah. No, that's, that's pretty spot on. Um, um, yeah. The, the most exciting, or I don't know if it's exciting, but from footy storyline perspectives, the two, if we do finish eighth, the two most likely opponents are the Joe Danaher Cup or the Buddy 1000 game. What, not the Mal Michael Cup? Well, I mean, it, that's a, it's a better option, I think, the Mal Michael Cup. I, I would agree. But yeah, that though, would... though as we found out last week on the pod, he also played with Collingwood. That's true. Also, no, you don't want the Joe Danaher Cup because he'll come in and he'll kick 12 goals. I'm not saying it's a good result for Essendon. I'm just saying from a footy storyline perspective, that's a great marketing thing for week one of finals. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And Danaher up against the old side. And I know it would be awful, but fuck, it would be so nice to knock Brisbane out of the finals and knock Danaher out of the finals. Yeah, I know, but 
It won't happen. It, it's it's again, happen. realistic, but um, yeah. but, I but think they're two pretty He's got to play Gold Coast and North. So, like, if he kicks 10 in the next two weeks, which is high for modern footy, but doable against those two sides. Yeah, well, I mean, does Sydney really have Gold Coast and what? What well, can't I be Gold Coast so. this week? Uh, can't be Gold Coast this week because we've uh, they got North. They got North this week in who knows? Melbourne. And then they play Gold Coast, probably not in Sydney. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, that's a pretty good two. And they can't finish fourth, can they, Sydney? Or maybe can if Port Adelaide lose both. Well, they can. Port Port have to lose both, I believe, and there's quite a bit of percentage to make up. Yeah. So they're not. Port are finishing fourth. Yeah. Which is good news for Essendon because Port in Adelaide would be the worst possible matchup. Arazio would kick 15. Arazio would do his groin running out through the banner. And they'd still win. Oh, yeah. They beat us by... Last time I think we played a final was against Port in Adelaide. They beat us by 96 points. Yeah. Well, Port at home is just like... It's it's one of the places you don't want to go to. Let's bring it back to Essendon um, Bulldogs. Other than the two-metre Peter... Egg beater, seven seater, uh, God beater. Um, what went? Eh, God, but yeah, I'm with you on that one. God beater, not so much. Um, what went right? Because obviously you can't rely on two meter to kick seven every week. Well, can't you? No. Um, it, it was just a really good team performance. I think like the the midfielders excelled as you expect them to do by now. Merit and Parish Stringer had a good game clearance-wise, maybe not possession-wise, but clearance-wise was good. Draper was dominant in the ruck over big Timmy English, who was being touted as one of the um, best ruckmen of the next generation. Jordan Ridley was the same old incredible. Um, Dylan Shield looked, if not back to his best, definitely showed why we paid so much money for him. He still can't kick, but there were probably four or five occasions where he just burst out of a centre stoppage or a stoppage at just blistering speed. Yeah. And I was like, how good's this? Um, Francis was good early, but then... Did he get shoved up forward? Yeah, so he's played forward the last two weeks, um, struggled last week. This week, kicked two goals before quarter time, I think, looked a real threat, but then sort of... As two meter Peter entered God mode, we didn't kick it to Franger as much for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, I, I just think everybody that the back line worked well. Hind had his best game in probably two months since since everybody started touting him as the recruit of the season. He's been actually pretty shit for the last six weeks, I think, but was back um, in really good form. James Stewart, Jade Laverty were pretty good on the, the twin talls. I think just lots of things went right. The Bulldogs fucked a lot up in the third quarter. I think they missed four or five shots from within 10 metres. That sounds like like hyperbole, but legitimately they hit the post four times in the third quarter, I think. Yeah, because I only caught the last half. And from what I saw, despite Trelaw was back in um, and their midfield, like their midfield on paper is absolutely insane and don't get me wrong Essendon's top three midfielders are also good on paper but like 
Yeah, 100%. Like, they've clearly got the best midfield well, in the comp. Like, it's in, like, the depth is unbelievable. Like, what, <laughs> I'm just confused as to where it went wrong. Who was yeah. playing on uh, two metre? Uh, see, that is, that's the one weakness that the Bulldogs have got is their key defenders. Because I think it was, I think it was Ace Cordy. So with, so they already didn't have great key defenders, but then Alex Keith's out injured and someone, one of their other big defenders is out injured. So their key defenders currently are uh, Ace Cordy and Josh Shackey. Yeah. Who's been moved down to defense. They've they've Um, tried to make Shackey work and it's a mixed bag so far. He's like, he's obviously new to the position, but Yeah, but I, I can't remember whether it was Shaki or um, Cordy, and I'll probably be able to tell you because I'm watching the replay as we speak, and I think two metres only kicked either one or two, and we're halfway through the third quarter, so I anticipate a big um, half hour for the big redhead. I turned it on, and he kicked two within two minutes. Yeah, and the, the really... Well, I don't know if it's hugely pleasing, but the just beautiful thing was how well he kicked set shots from outside 50. Oh, it, it like, gave me Savarino rocker vibes. Genuinely, I was listening to the Rush Hour yesterday with JB, Billy, and they had Damo on. And uh, that question did get posed, who's the best kick from uh, of a drop punt from outside 50? And Damo said, yep, real Savarino rocker vibes. The yeah. way he just flushed it. It's, it's like, and it wasn't even... Like oh struggles to make the distance. It he put his leg through it and it went in half post height, bang through the middle every single time. It yeah. was like Ex- except for with seventy five seconds to go when he tried to kick number eight and didn't score. Yeah, and it missed wide. I, and it, I, di- it didn't ruin his track record, which is nice. He stayed with seven straight. It didn't make the distance. Uh, did it make the distance? I don't think it made the distance. I don't think it made the distance. Um, but yeah, it was like a genuine flashback to like the early 2000s where you just see like Fraser Gehrig lead out and he gets it 45 out and just nails it every single time. It was like, you know what it was? And you've you've probably had this a little bit more because you've been watching the likes of Jack Gunston and Luke Bruce and stuff to strut their stuff. But it's so nice to see a Ford take a mark within 50 meters, 55 meters and have confidence that they're going to kick the goal. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I agree. There's not many Fords and definitely not many Essendon Fords that you have that confidence with. But there hasn't been an Essendon Ford like that since. I mean, Tipper's pretty much like that if he's inside 40. Yeah, but like. He, but key Ford, yeah, since Lloydie. Yeah, since Lloyd and Lucas. Like. Even Scotty Lucas wasn't a great kick for goal. He was a good kick for goal, but hey. Lloydie was a dead eye. Well, Lloyd's one of the best set shot kicks I've ever seen in my lifetime. So. Mm, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, like, but yeah, and and I feel I should mention a couple of my whipping boys that stood up. Dev Smith has put together a really solid sort of three week period, um, as has Tom Cutler, which I wanted him not just sacked, not just dropped, not just sacked, but sort of banned from wearing the colours red or black for the rest of his life. Or Tommy Cutler. <laughs> um, but has been real solid the last couple of weeks and was clearly his best game for Essendon this week that he's played. So mm. um, credit to him. Yeah, no, good. And excitedly, Dyson Heppel going to be back this week after sustaining the unluckiest injury 
just a, almost of the year. Well, I mean, that's a big call, but to break both of your thumbs within yep. a three-week period is just awfully stiff. Either you're doing something wrong or that's just so unlucky. <laughs> he just needs to change how he holds. He's either, he's either spoiling the ball with his thumb. <laughs> or he's spoiling his with his hair, like, yeah, like thumb on the inside. Like how they teach you not to punch. Um, yeah. Um, and Andy McGrath knocking down the door, supposedly, which I would think, I mean, I know as soon as he's fit, he'll be straight back in. Um, Jai Caldwell also expected to be available in the next week or so, but I wouldn't have thought they'll play him. They shouldn't play him. He hasn't played since about round two, I think. All right. So in theory, and, and let's let's transition to Essendon making the finals area because, like, Shields just come back in. Dev Smith kind of on and up, but... And this is the question that I wanted to ask you before. Is Essendon making the finals a good thing? It sounds dumb, but it is a widely, uh, let's say, argued thing in AFL media, like the the Lloydy thing that you shared earlier. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I can see the arguments both ways, and it probably is something that you won't be able to answer until after it happens, if it happens. Mm. So like if we made the finals and had to go to Adelaide and play Port Adelaide and get beat by 100 points, yeah, probably not a good thing. But if we play Brisbane in Brisbane or Sydney in Shanghai um, <laughs> and go and give a real good account of ourselves, even if we get beat by two or three goals, then, yeah, I think that's invaluable experience. Um especially with how young the group is and how um, the negativity going into this year, I think being able to say that we got to finals from where people were expecting and like we mm. didn't embarrass ourselves and had a good crack and get, give that exposure to those young guys like Cox and Perkins and probably won't be Harry Jones. I don't think there's any plans for him to come back this year, but um, uh, boy. But yeah, no, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. Even if we get beat and yeah. people will revel in the fact that we still haven't won a final in 17 decades. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can see the argument if we get poleaxed in that first final. But if that doesn't happen, then yeah, of course, I think it's a good thing for us to make finals. I think it's a good thing for you to make finals. I think where I'm having reservations is when you said early McGrath might be coming back, I wouldn't bring back McGrath. Like I, I like, I really like Andy McGrath as a player and how he complements uh, merit and parish in that midfield. But also it gives me like, you guys have made it this far without McGrath. Pardon well, the- he did play until round 14. Yeah. But like, and, and was almost in the top three in our best and fairest until round four. That's true. And you guys have had a pretty up and down six weeks, let's say. But also, would you not be better off letting McGrath have a full rehab, full re, uh, like pre-season and off-season to what, what do you do? Is PCL? Yeah, I can see that argument, but I think, yeah, PCL. It was PCL. Yeah. And I can see that argument, but I think the... Uh, difference maker is that it wasn't a soft tissue thing Mm. like the fact that it was a structural thing and he just 
the reason it's taken him, he, it took him so long to get back to running and joining in with the main group is because you have to wait until that structural thing is healed a hundred percent. So it's not like with a hamstring where you can come back too too early and injure it again. Yeah. Like I think with a PCL or an ACL, if you go the traditional 12 month, obviously you can get the Lars graft or whatever it is and yeah. get back in eight weeks. Like was it suckling did that? Yeah, it like who someone did it in the off season. It might have been the NFL. Some dude, uh, Adrian Peterson, went to Germany for six weeks, came back and was won the MVP. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think you can come back too early from a soft tissue thing like that. But with the PCL, I don't think you're any um, greater risk of injuring it. Um, and I think by all accounts, the reason McGrath's uh, rehab has come so far quicker than they anticipated is because when Essendon first went to Queensland and McGrath was one of those ones that had been to an exposure site so went into isolation supposedly he just turned into an absolute madman and just did rehab 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 for like 18 hours Bomber out this week with uh, COVID yeah. exposure <laughs> Andrew yeah. McGrath <laughs> two, yeah two, two players from the Essendon North Melbourne game in isolation big name Bomber among them We'll have the details next. Thanks, Andrew, Andrew McGrath, who's injured, and a North Melbourne player who's not in the best 37. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of the VFL reserves. So, and, and that's, that's fair. I get where you're coming from. But also, I feel like if Essendon make the finals, you're almost playing with house money at this point. Like, I, I can't remember where I had Essendon, but I think I had them like 13th or 14th. So, finishing anywhere between 8 and 10. Um, I feel like is really good for you guys. Would you not like to have like not rest your players, but kind of save them for next year? Cause like genuinely, if they're on the trajectory that you guys are on right now, you could push for a five to eight slot next year. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's a valid argument and there are valid sub arguments in that. My main counter to that, if we're putting aside potential for injury and one week extra preseason, whatever, but say we get to the finals next year, say we finished seventh next year, we're playing in an elimination final. How valuable do you think it's going to have been for players like Cox and Perkins, but also the, the even the more experienced ones who by virtue of playing for Essendon have never played finals. or haven't played many finals. Mm. Like how I feel like it's just invaluable experience to go into that game next year, having already played in a cutthroat final, even if you didn't win it. Yeah. Like to have gone through the pressure of the build up to finals because it is in undoubtedly more pressure. You've got the two weeks, mm. which builds it even more. Um, you've got the hype about it because it's S and then the media will go absolutely ballistic about it and articles will start coming out. Can S and win 10 flags in a row? <laughs> Can S and make it to the prelim? <laughs> um, yeah, Essendon beat North Melbourne on the Gold Coast and all of a sudden, can they make a prelim? Yeah. No, no, but yeah, I think the the risk, uh, the rewards probably outweigh the risks, even if it's not immediate rewards. It, like, I mean, yeah. Right. I think I, I would be happy for us to bring back McGrath and push for finals. Caldwell, definitely not, because he hasn't played for literally four or five months. Has he, he played, what, the... He got injured so he play, for you guys? Yeah, he, he played the preseason games and then he played all of round one against you when we got beat. 
Imagine if we had won that game when we were 40 points up at halftime. Yeah, but it swings and roundabouts because I genuinely believe we were the better team when we played the second time and you guys just beat us. So Yeah, that's true. You got stringed. Yeah, we got we got stringed. What do you have? Tw- like 30 touches, four goals and just... And kicked the most ridiculous goal I've ever seen out of a pack with one hand. 400. Yeah, he was palming the ball like Michael Jordan. He was... You were, you were like a 17-year-old Melbourne schoolgirl. You got jaked. Oof. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, no, he got injured round two, I think. Um, so and, Essendon, you know, Essendon win out and they're most likely to win finals is what we're saying. Yeah. As long as we win both our games against 14 and 16, I would think the, it's more likely than not that we make finals. And even the, if the, not, like that's one of those things where if, GWS and West Coast happened to win both their games. They're just like, well, we did what we did, held up our end. And he's just like, correct. oh, correct. You take that and you say, well, okay, we didn't make it, but we won three of our last four games. We finished pretty strongly. We've got very, very few injuries. Let's hit preseason running next year. We've got the confidence now. And so, as long as if we, as long as we don't drop one of these next two games. Hmm. I think it's a win-win regardless. Like if we make finals, great. If we don't, fine. And I think the biggest win of this year for Essendon is the coach just quietly. Um, his, is this his first or second? I feel like it's his first. first. So last year we had, we had the succession plan last year. It was yeah. Worsfold at into Rutten this year, but then Worsfold sort of delegated stuff to Rutten. It was just a shambles, but. Truck's been huge. I feel like. Yeah. No, absolutely agreed. Um, I would say that the biggest win of the year, and it feeds into truck, but the biggest win of the year is convincing Zach Merritt to stay. Because mm. this time last year, he was gone. Yeah. Like he very almost requested a trade last year. And for the first month or so of this year, I think it was pretty clear that he was set on leaving. Um, but obviously trucks changes and the changes to the playing group and the culture and everything and it's so bizarre to me that it took somebody an outsider from adelaide that played at adelaide and then coached at richmond to come into essendon and bring us back to like getting back to our culture and our roots and like remembering the great football club that you were i don't know whether that's something he picked up from dimmer maybe that's something he did with richmond and it helped. But the fact that it was an outsider that's had no association to Essendon at all ever to do that was bizarre, but fantastic, obviously. Yeah, buy into the cause. What are you going to do? Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, um, things are looking up. The fact Merritt will be a bomber for life. Parrish, I know he's only signed for two years, but I don't see him leaving. Stringer's re-signed. He'll be a bomber for life. Things looking all right, regardless of what happens with finals, I think. Yep. Love it. I mean... All I'm... right. On, on to those Hawks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, good win. <laughs> what can I say? Is that a good thing, though? Uh, doesn't... Like, I've, I've done a, a mild look into this year's draft, and it's super deep. Um, even if we don't get... Jason Horn, Francis, formerly known as Jason Horn, because he changed his name as an homage to his 
grandfather who played in the AFL at some point. He changed his name from Jason Francis or Francis Horn. He changed his name from Jason Horn to Jason Horn Francis. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. He's added a name, not replaced one. He's gone the he hasn't, hasn't done a Brian Harris. No, he hasn't done a Brian Harris. Um, yeah, Hawthorne looked really good. Um, again, two weeks in a row, our pressure has been unreal. Um, the Fox footy pressure gauge will tell you that. How they measure that, I'm still unsure. What does that They mean? need a bigger gauge. Enough. The amount of times that teams are off the charts means you need bigger charts. And it's not like, what are they going off? Like, what are, I would be actually really interested to know what the metrics are for measuring the pressure gauge. Because <laughs> they're just like 215. Yeah, they've got a really high pressure gauge. I'm like, what are you measuring this with? That's a really good point. And you know, something I had never considered before, but I think I just assumed it was tackles and pressure acts because pressure acts is a genuine champion data yeah. stat. Yeah, yeah. So tackles and smothers and pressure acts and um, probably a percentage of opposition possession that's contested. I yeah. Think- and potentially like it takes into account like uh, disposal efficiency and like even uh like I guess individual contested possessions, but you're just like, yeah, look, it would be, it would be an amalgamation of all those things, but you're right. The amount of dead screen time that they give Kingy in his stupid lab, (laughs) you would have thought they could take 10 minutes to explain exactly how that is calculated, given that they go to it so often. Yeah. At any point, I just love a little bit of context. Um, It might even just be the eye test and they're just like, you know, between, 90 and 240. It's, it's yeah, just a gu- they're at about it's just, 210. It's just a guy sitting in the side of the commentary box with like a dial. Yeah. And he's just pushing it up or down like a volume mixer. He's just like, yeah, it, it, it'll do. Um, Mate, they haven't laid a tackle all, all quarter. What have you got them off the charts up for? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I knocked it with my elbow. Yeah, I didn't mean it. Um, but obviously uh, Tom Mitchell had a classic Tom Mitchell game against the pies shitty game. Really quite yeah. trade him. Um, yeah. In oh. fairness, you did message me at the one minute mark of the first quarter and say, Tom Mitchell's already had four possessions. He had seven possessions within four minutes. And I was like, it's funny when you sent me that message, I was still watching the pregame because I'd turned it on KO. Yeah. And because KO malfunctions like a motherfucker, even though I said from live, it had just gone from the start. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm just watching Gary Lyon talk. And then he said he's had four possessions. I'm like, is this a weird joke that he's they haven't started yet and he's had four touches? He, then I looked at I looked at the time, it was like 13 past two. And I was like, oh, actually, it probably has started. Yeah. So Titch had a great game. Our midfield was really good. Chad Wingard, despite not playing for the first half of the year, he was there, but he'd average like 10 touches and a score involvement. Um, has been playing in the midfield a lot more and has been unbelievable. Um, couldn't kick a goal to get my 100 to 1 multi up this week, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, Chad Wingard has been good. Connor Nash has been a revelation since he's been moved in the midfield. Just ask uh, Dermot Brown. Sitch. All Sitch. It's- <laughs> hey. Um, if Tom, Tom is Titch, can we call Sam Sitch? I mean... I think he's the original Mitch. That's why we don't call Tom Mitchell Mitch. 
surely Mitch, surely Mitch Lewis has passed them all as the Mitch. Well, no, he's now Louis. What's Jordan Lewis? <laughs> Jordan Lewis is uh, a Melbourne supporter. Mate, he only followed Sam Mitchell's lead in going to a different club. No one followed anyone's lead. They got shipped out of the club. <laughs> it's a very good point. Like if I got fired and they were just like, yeah, I, I decided to leave. And they were like, no, we kicked you out. <laughs> Mate, it happens. Yeah, it does. Um, Tim O'Brien played up back again and looked really good. Kyle Hardigan, after many, 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 many months of scrutiny from me, has put the best three weeks together from a Hawthorne key defender I have seen since... I know we've played... Trent Crowed. Yes, it's uh, (laughs) Jonathan Hay. Isn't it, isn't it funny how the Hawthorne whipping boy, your Hawthorne whipping boy and my Essendon whipping boy have both hit form in the I'm good. same three-week period yeah. to, the, to the point that we've both had to eat humble pie on the same podcast? Absolutely. It's almost like they listen. Yeah, yeah they got together and ha- had private training sessions together um, with Scoops sending the balls out. Scoops, oh, that would have been Darcy Moore's third goal too. He cost me... Fucking four hundred dollars as well. Um, Darcy Moore is the next Luke Bruce, but just shorter. Um, he is say that again. Dylan Moore is the next. I keep trying to call, because I just saw Collingwood and I was like, oh yeah, Darcy Moore. Also, I like, I, when you said Darcy Moore was Mister Guy, I was like, all right, I, I didn't think he's, <laughs> Darcy Moore is not playing, is he? He's, he's injured, isn't he? Yeah. I was like, I didn't think he was playing, but maybe I missed it and he's back in. And then you said he's shorter than Luke Bruce. I was like, oh, I don't. Yeah, that's correct. Um, yeah, Dylan Moore is um, was almost delisted last year and is now our second leading goal kicker. Um, Mitch well, Lewis. With six? Well, Luke Bruce, <laughs> Luke Bruce is injured out for the rest of the year, you'd imagine, and he's kicked 30. Um, Dylan Moore's on 26, I think. Um and then Cozzy's on like 23. Um, Cozzy's interesting because he has about five touches a game and kicks a goal, but it's one of those things where uh, he's really big around the contest and what I think is really underrated about his game. He's an incredible pressing forward. If you think about what uh, Puapolo and Cyril used to do in our grand final years, he does that as like a six-foot-five like 90 kilo big man, like he flies around the forward half and just like loves hitting people. Yeah. And like, I mean, that, that's something that you, oh, just watching Darcy Parrish rip the ball out of Jackson McRae's hands and get the clearance is just <laughs> almost tear, tear to your eye. Absolutely. He just, he just said, no, 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 I'll take this. My ball today. Um, oh, no. Eastern Woods just been decapitated. That's not good. Um, but yeah, no, Cozzy, I I wasn't sold on him earlier this year, but the more Hawthorne games I've watched, the more I think he really adds value to your side. Yeah, no, and I think, uh, and we love to play really tall. Um, unfortunately, Noodle got managed this week. Poor Noodle. Poor Noodle. But Jonathan Segler came in and looked like the second coming of big boy McAvoy. <laughs> Again, he is so good around his feet. Um doesn't kick as well 
um, and looks like uh, a real estate agent. However, <laughs> a very tall real very estate tall agent. Real estate agent, but he's for what he was like for what he is. He's a great second ruckman. Yeah, no, I am absolutely a Segel supporter. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, um, what else have we got? The Bram again. He's put like the best six weeks of some dude who was drafted mid-season. Of a Sumbri thug. Yeah. Into like genuinely one of the more exciting players on Hawthorne. Like, yeah, no, he, he's very watchable. Um, he's incredible at like breaking lines and just running through packs, um, which is something we just didn't have. Very Isaac Smith-esque. Yeah. Very also also recruited out of obscurity from the Ballarat League. Yeah, out of what? Where did he play? Redan. Redan. Yeah, I remember watching him run down the City Oval. Yeah, I umpired him once, and then at the end of the season, they were just like, "Yeah, he's drafted by Hawthorne." I was like, "The fuck?" Yeah, good for him. Um, um, but yeah, Hawthorne played really well. Um, two weeks in a row. I I genuinely think this sounds really dumb. Hawthorne win out for the rest of the year. Yeah, so got it in him. again, I think it was your favorite journalist raised this, but you made a good point, Damo. Um, yeah. So Clarko's whole coaching philosophy for the first three quarters of the year was to do the best by Hawthorne going forward. Yeah. And since he got the ass, his whole coaching philosophy has been win at all do, costs. Fuck do, the be- do the best for Hawthorne for the next five weeks that I'm here. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's made those changes and he's like, well, yeah, we're winning now. It might not be, it might not be great in the long term. Like it obviously it won't be bad in the long term, but it may not be as beneficial long term as it could have been doing the other things. Hmm. Um, but it, it's amazing what happens when your philosophy goes from grow for the future to win. I don't think it's even grow for the future. I think there were just a lot of, like just some of the decisions that were made during the year. And I don't know who it was because like, you've got to think like Clarkson picks a team every week, but some of the teams that he would pick, and I don't know whether there was influence from the higher ups um, or like the development team where you just like, why are we playing? Like when we came out against Melbourne, I know we drew, but we played nine key talls, nine um what yeah i think the i think the case in point pretty frankly is your mate timmy o like he's been he's he's clearly better as a defender have i not been saying this no you have and that's my point like now he's been switched to defense doing well but i think if you're looking to grow for the future and try and see what we could get for the future like if you keep playing timmy o forward and he suddenly finds it and gets it Hmm like he looked to in that first half against GWS. But that's a massive result going forward because you found your next key forward. What's so the- I think maybe that's the prime example of Clarko coaching being like, oh, we'll stick with it. We might not have much success, but we'll see if we can get build something for the future. And then he suddenly just changed his mind. He's like, no, well, let's win. Put him back. It works better now. Yeah. I don't know. And he is out of contract. Um, it'll be actually really interesting because he's played a couple of really good weeks down back. Um, and there have been murmurings of, 
this XYZ team wants Tim O'Brien, but they want to play him down back. Tim O'Brien started down back. He started as a centre-half back and played forward. I think he could be... Actually, probably not a bad option for either Carlton or Collingwood. I'm not sure he's big enough to be the real centre post, like that. Um, he's a third dogs need, but I he's think because Liam Jones is probably what 32. He's up there. He's been around. He'd be getting old. So I mean, I think he's probably not a bad replacement at, at Carlton and Collingwood. If the new coach insists on playing Darcy Moore forward, um. Darcy Moore got to play forward. Yeah, so he got switched forward in about round five, I think. And then it's been sort of yo-yoing back. But depending on what the new coach wants to play him as, because I don't have any forwards either. Perennial All-Australian. He is an All-Australian defender. But, I I mean, he does read the play well. Like, I think he could be a forward. Yeah, I don't like... I, uh, I'm, I may be the only one in this camp. I really like Darcy Cameron. Um, yeah, and I, I think... Pair. And Jamie yeah, Elliott is basically a tall. Maya Cech, again, I think is somebody that should play as a third forward. Like, I think that Collingwood forward line looks better. Uh, so, what, what did I say? Yeah, yeah, I no, say, no, yeah I, like Gunston, yeah. Yeah, no, I said he is a Gunston. He's a third forward. Yeah, so I think that Collingwood forward line starts to look pretty good if you go Darcy Moore, Darcy Cameron, Brody Majacek, Jamie Elliott, and then whoever's running through. Dugowie in and out. Mate, Dugowie, what a week for Jordan Dugowie. Ah, oh, absolutely huge week. On and off. Uh, actually, he wasn't that good on the field. He was good off the field. Huge. Yeah, yeah well, he, he didn't do much other than show up for the Vic police went, uh, we've got nothing. So the judge went, all right, case dismissed. And because you got nothing, pay his costs. Yeah, huge. Absolutely huge. Um, all right. Well, while we're talking about other teams, should we just fly through the round? We've genuinely... I, I have I have one Hawthorne question before. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I could talk about Hawthorne literally all day. I've um, And again, I haven't really read the articles, so I don't know what the contents of them are. But I've seen a few headlines flying around about the future of Hawthorne's veterans and Sam Mitchell's thoughts on mm. the future of the veterans. What is the state of play and what are your thoughts on, I assume the veterans probably constitute like McAvoy and Gunston and uh, who else would it be? Root, sure. kind of. Yeah. I think McAvoy is definitely going to stay. He's the captain until uh, further notice. I think Bruce stays. Um, there was a interview that I watched with Jack Gunston on the Hawthorne website that he's uh, he's just had surgery on his back and he's uh, fully gearing up for rehab and uh, preseason next year. However, like he's um, made it outwardly known from uh, sources within the Hawthorne camp that he is fully in like Clarkson's boat Um. And that he like he's he's not asking for a trade or anything, but if there is someone that is going to leave of that veteran kind of like from that school, I say school like the that class from that yeah premiership team, it's probably going to be Gunston, and he's he's only thirty. So Gunston to Collingwood is what you're saying. Wherever could be Carlton, wherever wherever Clarkson goes. Up north, he's going to the Gold Coast. Yeah, well, 
Um, I mean, like, this is a problem I have with Hawthorne at the moment. I really like all of our players, like, um, and especially the young ones. Like, I, <laughs> I've been to like three Box Hill games this year, and I'm convinced like Emerson Jecker is the future of our forward line. But it's one of those things where I should be more rational and think, no, we can upgrade at these positions and realistically, um, like, I don't know, Tyler Brockman probably isn't going to hold down his position kind of thing. But like, I look at our back line and our entire back line has been like injury ravaged all year. And despite that, our back line has probably been the best part of our last three weeks. Um, month even like, and what I, I, it's tired. Everyone said it. CJ's out. Will day's out. Sicily's out. Um, Scrimshaw came back in last week or two weeks ago. Dimmer came back in two weeks ago and he just played his hundredth game. Like our, and you think Tim O'Brien's back and he's looked great. How many backmen can we have? Denver Granger Barris is still out. Exactly. So, yeah, on that point, how does that work next year when you're trying to fit 10 defenders into six? Like, It's tough. It's, t- it's tough because Sicily has to come back in. Yeah. Sicily, I mean, Sicily is your next captain or should be your next captain. I would like to see Sicily as the next captain. Okay. Hawthorne backline. As much as I hate... Oh, Kyle Hardigan might miss out. I mean... It would be a massive change of pace from you to put him in the best six when you didn't have him in the best sixty but the, for the entire year. But the way he's been playing, he's like he's a genuine big boy key back. Like he's not fast. Um, he's just big. Like, um, okay, leaving Kyle Hardigan out of this, despite the fact that he's been really good in the past month. Um, unfortunately, he doesn't make this six. Sam Frost at fullback. You've got Hardwick, Scrimshaw. So Frost, Hardwick, Scrimshaw, Sicily, CJ, Ranger Barris. But no then, room for Will Day? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, Will Day has got to fit in there somewhere. He might be on the bench. Because, um, like, obviously, like, you'd probably fit seven into a team. Yeah. But then again, Bramble's been playing halfback. Dan Howe's been playing halfback. Tom Phillips True. playing Dan halfback. Howe has been surprisingly good all year since you declared him the second worst player to ever play for Hawthorne. Oh, absolutely. Like, Behind Kyle Hardigan. I've been a Dan Howe criticizer because of the amount of chances he gets for the such little output that he gives. But in the second half of the year, he's been incredible. And it's one of those things where, like, where do we fit all these players? Dan Howe probably fits on the wing. But then, like, as as we've just discussed, there's 10 players to fit in six. And then not even accounting for, I guess, Silk moves out of the back line. Silk's like a staple at the halfback. Um, That's true. That's true. So we lose one there. But also, like, there's, there's genuinely, uh, what? Well, uh, okay, CJ, uh, Granger Barris, Will Day, Sicily, like uh, so many of those like medium tall players, players around 6'2 to 6'4 who have a lot of speed. We just like, there's four or five of them. We just like, we can't fit everyone here. 
That's true. But I mean, if they are that medium size and also have a lot of speed, and if they've got the endurance, then they can play as a smaller. That's that's very true. But then you've also... Like you've, there, there's no... Obviously, you need to have players of a certain height to play on the big boys. But there's nothing saying if you've got quick fit blokes that are six foot two, that they can't play on and, smaller and that's, guys. That's the problem. Kyle Hardigan is the only player in our back line that I could confidently stick on like Tom Hawkins. Not Frosty? Fr- Frosty's too small for Tom Hawkins. Did you know, he? Did you know Connor Nash is taller than Sam Frost? Say that again. Connor Nash, Irish football legend, is taller than Sam Frost. By an inch and a half. How tall is Sam Frost? Sam Frost is 194. Connor Nash is 198. That's very tall for Connor Nash. I know. That surprises me that he's that tall. He surprises me that Frosty is that short. Everything surprises me, including Peter Wright's upcoming seventh goal. Yeah, well, I've just, uh, I've got the Tom Mitchell uh, post game where he calls Lockie Bramble a Sam Mitchell special. So I think next year it's going to be okay. Oh, what? Lockie Bramble's going to be the coach of Box Hill next year, is he? Mate, I might be the coach of Box Hill next year. I mean, you probably go to more games than anybody that's not contractual, contractually obliged to be there. So that's true. All right. We've had enough of the bisect. We've genuinely gone about 40 minutes into Essendon and Hawthorne. It's 10.30. It's been exciting. It's been really exciting. Um, All right. Let's not talk about all the games, highlights from this week, other than Carlton being beaten. Um, Friday night was a really good game. Really good upset. I loved that Leon Cameron showed a documentary, uh, a, uh, an, an ESPN documentary to the players before the game. I didn't catch that. What did he do? He showed the miracle on ice 30 for 30 hmm. and said, this is, this is our miracle on ice. The, um, the Geelong getaway, if you will. Don't tell Bomber that. Mate, Bomber did not get away. Bomber got very much arrested for his methamphetamine charges. No, he did. Um, but yeah, loved that from GWS, even though it completely fucked Essendon. Um, yeah, that was good. It was great to see Carlton get beat by one of the... I still maintain that Gold Coast are the worst team in the competition. See, there's there are another team where I'm just like, not on any given week. But it's one of those things where I'm just like, on the Hawthorne level of almost every second week, they they turn up. They were legitimately uncompetitive against uh, Melbourne the week before. That was genuinely embarrassing. And I know North started the year really badly, but other than that, Gold Coast are just abysmal. Yeah. No, when they don't turn up, boy, it it is genuinely... Um, I played a game in the under 14 reserves once and Golden Point didn't have enough players to fill their senior team. No, they didn't have enough players to fill both teams. So they sent their senior team down to the reserves team and we got beaten by 170 points. I believe I played in that game. Jasper just dominated. He did. He's a freak. Um, Yes, they awful. Um, 
Richmond disposed north as we thought they would. Adelaide, after one of the most trying weeks in the club's recent history, really good, I guess. I didn't watch most of the game because mm. uh, I was watching the other game, but um, took it right up to Port Adelaide, who should have demolished them because they're a bottom 10 side, so that's their bread and butter. Uh, four points. And then, yeah, I think the real turn-up of the weekend was Saturday night under the roof. Again, St Kilda, one of those teams where you just you genuinely don't know whether they're going to get beaten by 15 goals or pull out a plucky, almost like masterclass, like four to six goal win. Because they looked so good. Like, and when all their stars turn up, I've been the first to criticize Brad Hill. When Brad Hill turns up, everything is gravy. Jack Steele is and I, I, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop you there. Hit the rant sting. Yeah, all right. All right. Dear Mr. President, there are too many states nowadays. Please eliminate three. I am not a crackpot. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Wait, give me something that's... As you, as you may have guessed, this, this week's rant is the St Kilda Football Club. With fair. With fair reason. <laughs> with fair. Yeah. Um, you described it more articulately than I ever could. They are the Jekyll and Hyde wrapped in one football side of the competition. Mm. I could not fathom being a St Kilda supporter. They are just so frustrating. They finished, they won a final last year. They were poised to really break through. I thought Brett Ratton was the master coach, had that club just flying and then they were awful in the first half of the year. And then in the second half of the year, they've turned it around. But even still, just week to week, you don't know whether you're going to get the good Saints or the bad Saints. Um, I think whether they have one Ruckman or two Ruckman playing is a really good indication of which one you're going to get. But even still, it, they're just entirely unpredictable. And just they on their day, they could lose to the worst side or beat the or beat the best side and there's not many sides in the competition that you could say that about no 100 and it's it's not even there's no in between it's either they lose by genuinely they've lost by what 15 goals multiple times this year or they just win like really good games yeah and i mean to a lesser extent gws are the same mm. I think they're less frustrating than St Kilda, but they were almost the subject of the, the multi. And it, it it really irks me that I almost tipped both GWS beating Geelong and St Kilda beating Sydney for this exact reason. The fact that if you get them on a good day and you get the, the opposition on a slightly off day, it doesn't even have to be an off day, just a slightly... Hmm not at their peak day, then absolutely. They won't just beat them. They'll pants them like St. Kilda did to Sydney. Well, you run through their spine and you just, there's some really good, genuinely, like almost elite AFL talent. Like, uh, I love Jack Steele. I love watch Jack 
watching yeah, Jack. I think Jack Steele's taken himself to elite. Um, their forward line. Max King, King is going to get to elite. King is getting there after, you know, kicking, what, one goal four every other week and flopping like uh, a, so- a regular soccer player. Membry, a really good player. Yeah, uh, Membry's so underrated, I think. Yeah. I think he's another one for the St. Kilda Sydney passage, isn't he? Did he play at Sydney? I believe so. Um, As we established Saturday night, it's a well-trodden yeah. path. Well-trodden path. Um, Membry's been huge. Their ruck pair, Marshall and Ryder, has to be up there and one of the best in the league. Oh, absolutely. Um, Jack Higgins was really good Saturday night. Yeah, Redeemed his straight. sins from the last time these two he just kicked straight. He's a good player. He just kicks straight. Uh, Seb Ross is a really good player. Zach Jones is... I'd hate to play against Zach Jones. He looks such a hard nut. So annoying. Um, Dougal Howard, fantastic defender. Really underrated defender, I think. And then, like, they've just got a whole bunch of, like, peripheral, not peripheral, but just, like, good role players that on their day, when they turn up, they just, they're just good. Yeah. And I still maintain that they're a really well coached side. I know some of their inconsistent performances don't really indicate that, but I think Brett Ratton is a very, very good football coach. I agree. Uh, he's been like, I don't think this is any fault of Brett Rat. not any fault, but like, it's hard to say that from last year to this year, Brett Ratton is the problem. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I mean, they, if their percentage was better, which it would have been if they hadn't have got annihilated by so many sides earlier in the year, mm. they'd be a genuine finals contender. Like they're the same points as Essendon and Richmond are. Their percentage is just 15% worse than Essendon's. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and just to add on another name who I had no idea even existed before last week, Cooper Sharman. Who? Is that Scoops? Who? No, no. I, I did, Yeah, no, he did play pretty well, Sharman, actually. He, he kept popping up. And they, they kept kicking like, it to him. And I was like, I keep saying Sharman. Who the fuck is Sharman? Who is this guy? But, you know, a good player. And Sydney are not a bad team. Sydney, I have championed Sydney from day dot. And you they have, just got thoroughly outdone. You have been a bigger ch- champion for Sydney this year than Jeffrey Edelston ever was. <laughs> And, and shout out uh, Jeff Edelstein, you know. Uh, shout out to Jeff Edelstein, you reckon? I don't, I don't reckon that'll be ever said again. Um, well, he's dead, so probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Shout out to G- Gabby Gecko or Greco. What's her? Was it Gecko? Gre- oh, I, I think it's Greco. Oh, okay. Gabster. Bryn. D- Whoever despite, else. Despite the Grexter, should we look forward to next week's? Action. Oh, we missed an entire day of game, uh, two days of games. Oh, no, I guess we covered oh. the Hawthorne Essendon ones. Brisbane Freo is not worth mentioning. No. West Coast of Melbourne, I didn't see much of. The Lightning interrupted it. That's a, that's about as interesting as that game got. Other than, well, Alex, uh, other than West Coast almost pulling off the miracle in the electrical storm. Yeah, but like it's one of those things where West Coast is just like, are they going to miss the finals? Yeah, yeah, probably. If, if, if they lose one of the next two games and Essendon win 
If I yeah, if they lose one of their next two games and either Essendon win both or Richmond win both, they will miss the finals. I think. Is Adam Simpson in trouble if they miss no. finals? No. no. Adam Simpson won a flag four years ago, three years ago, um, and they've made finals every year since eighteen dickety two. I think Adam Simpson's fine. Yeah, all right. Uh, it's just one of those things where I'm just like they've they've done incredibly like obviously it's a high standard to hold to, but you're just like they've been. I feel like they've been sixth for the last fifteen years. That's true, but I think they've been ravaged by injury. And if you look at their list, their A graders are really starting to age now. Like they're going to drop off really soon. I think when Hearn will retire soon, Josh Kennedy will retire soon. Jack Darling will probably retire soon. Um, Gaff's not getting any younger. And obviously Elliot Yeo's young, Tim Kelly's young. So they've got a reasonable, Nick Nat will be what, 30-ish? 32, I think. He's, he's he 32. Not- yeah, right. well, so he's probably almost done as well. So they are going to drop off and fall out of finals, whether it's this year, next year, whenever. But yeah, Nick Nat's 31. So like he's not getting any younger. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see, but it's one of those things. And I think we had this discussion last week. We just like, would you rather be, you know, the Bulldogs who have won one flag in X amount of years or was it Geelong who have been said, said Geelong who have been yeah. in the top four almost for a decade, but haven't won a flag. Yeah. It's, it's, it'd almost be mildly frustrating. Cause he's just like, you know, this team can be good. You look through the West coast list and you're just like, this is a good team. Like when, uh, I don't know, like Brad Shepard's your fourth best midfielder. You're like, that's a decent side. Um, but yeah, again, grim. Also, I want I've somehow transitioned to watching pool. I just saw Nick Cox run a meter, take a bounce, get tackled no, while I, taking said bounce, and me and Cole holding the ball. I that's <laughs> it's. One of the most bizarre de- like decisions from a player I've seen this year. You um, fucking idiot. Yeah. All right. That was round 21. We are in the last two rounds of the season. And we're it starting. Is the home stretch, people. We are very much in the home stretch. And we're starting. It's almost cricket time for the podcast. How excited are the listener base? Oh, I based and i'm sure we'll get to cricket in the second half but i could the, the cricket is very disenfranchising at the moment mate the australian team are flying oh no josh bruce is about to do his acl oh no poor, hey, actually paul went out for josh bruce that is rough at the very end of the game to do your acl yeah here's here's a toast for josh bruce we feel for you big fella all right friday night GWS Richmond. Oh, you've actually got the proper fixture. I'm still on the footy live app and just everything is 12 p.m. on Saturday. I was going to say, I've gone to the official AFL website. I'm all over it. Although we've got two games to be confirmed, I believe. Yeah, because the Queensland government said, fuck off. And I, I reckon I reckon Gold Coast Essendon has a sneaky chance of being played in Ballarat. <laughs> And uh, very sneaky. Look, look yeah, and sneaky, not but but there's still no crowds allowed. So yeah. 
it, it, it wouldn't anything. do anything for it. It would just be an awfully shit game. And we're back, part two, ISO Boy Chronicles. My name's Jamal and I'm joined. Again, Ash's Wi-Fi. How we doing? Yeah, um, yeah. I think we... Whoop. Did you just throw an ocean sound effect over the top of my intro? Is that what happened? It, I just faded out the... Yeah, the song keeps going for like three minutes. This is the freest thing on YouTube. <laughs> the most... Um, we might have to switch up the uh, intro song at some point because as much as me looking up rock uh, <laughs> instrumental and downloading the first thing that came up, <laughs> maybe we'll have to switch it up. To be perfectly honest, I think it served us quite well. I think it's great. It's it's incredibly generic, which is... Good for, the, good for the copyright, the budget. Uh, mate, the podcast budget. <laughs> Which is something we can get to when we uh, talk multis later. <laughs> if that is the case, the pod- if we're basing it on the multi outcomes, the podcast is operating at a significant loss. Yeah. Um, we are hemorrhaging finances. Uh, we're about to go bankrupt. Um, Bleeding money. We are hemorrhaging money, if you will. Um, I will. He will. Um, we once. <laughs> we tried to record yesterday. We got about an hour and a half in, and then Ash's internet said uh, left, right, good night. So we got sorry, up. sorry, I'm going into lockdown. <laughs> so we got halfway through, um, as you said before, discussing the intricacies of uh, racial vilification of Indigenous Australians within uh, the AFL, and your internet said. A little serious for the podcast. This could get us sued, so we're just going to leave the chat. Again, if two guys talk about some questionable material in the forest and no one listens, did it actually happen? Well, I mean, if Ollie Robinson throws out some racist tweets and nobody reads them for eight years, did they happen? That's true. Evidently, yes. That's true. Um, so, I mean, we could be approaching your tilt at the Hawthorne presidency in 2043, taking over from Jeff Kennett, who's ruled with an iron... Well, by that time, it'll be an iron lung, let's be honest. Um, and that could be the, the thing that sinks you. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> it could be Alistair Clarkson Jr. could be the person that takes over instead. I mean, I wouldn't hate it. Anything but Kennett. Um, Paulie so- Puopolo. <laughs> uh, we left off kind of mid previewing the games, and we're back on the Thursday. We know all the teams. Uh, there's been an update from the tribunal. Um, Free Toby was unsuccessful. He's spoilers. Uh, spoiler alert. To be fair, this will come out tomorrow. So. <laughs> If you don't know by now, listener, why are you listening to this? <laughs> like, <laughs> this can't be your first source of football. Yeah, if this is your one source of football news, I've got so many more questions for you. Yeah, I was going to say, and it doesn't start with uh, why are you listening to this podcast. Ooh, ouch. 
Um, Titus O'Reilly, we know it's you that is our one listener. We're on to you. We're we're on to you, Titus. Um, All right. So we kind of assumed Toby was out for the Friday night when we started previewing it yesterday anyway. But GWS v Richmond in the... Um, before we get into the in-depth analysis that the last call is known for, mm. without having seen, I assume you haven't seen it, give me your indicative betting odds for the game. Uh, Richmond GWS? I haven't actually seen the ins, but I'd say Richmond are about $1.60. GWS might be two eighty. Richmond are a dollar sixty-five and GWS are two dollars twenty-five. Jeez. I'm to quote my great friend Robert, I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> I would have thought GWS would be warm favorites. It is in uh Richmond's enemy territory. The <laughs> Marvel Stadium. Um Richmond go in unchanged. Where and You'd think this would help the Giants' case to not be what? What did you say? Two twenty-five. Two twenty-five. Right? Massive overs. Lou of ins. Um, Josh Kelly be back surely. Josh Kelly, Mummy, Jesse Hogan, Jacob Hopper, Daniel Lloyd, Adam Kennedy, all in. Um, some very important ins. <laughs> yeah. No, I I can't believe that to be honest. Um. I'd like to think that's good value considering they've brought in Mummy and Richmond's Ruckman is. No, I mean, Nank. Nank is a beast. Yeah, but Nank and. Yeah, uh, Callum Colvin Jones. <laughs> Having said that, GWS's second Ruckman will be no yeah. one. Is uh, Because I assume Matt Flynn's out. Ah, uh, the outs, is he? Uh, no, but Kieran Briggs is omitted. So he was the Ruckman last week. Still don't know who that is. <laughs> a real AFL player. I just don't think that's true. He's a, he's, he's a Ruckman. That's so their second Ruckman will be Himmelberg, probably. That's a waste of Himmelberg, just quietly. Um, yeah, this is... As you said, I like GWS to win this game. Um, Richmond. Uh, I mean, Richmond would rather play at Chernobyl. That's very true. Um, but like Richmond put one good half against the worst team in the league by a ladder position. Um, like they were obviously going to win that game when you started seeing the like last half of the third quarter, and you're just like, okay, it's going to be Richmond are just going to walk it here, but still. To not turn up at all in the first half is a... You're going to have question marks. Yeah. No, look, I don't think they're travelling all that well at all, Richmond. I know they've still got the potential, I guess, but without Dusty, they genuinely don't look anywhere near the side they were. Um, and GWS coming off a win against Geelong, who I still fancy is premiership favourites. So with it all on the line, I would think GWS get it done. Yeah, no, you'd have to think so. And with players such as uh, Thompson Dow playing for Richmond, um, woof. That, this is the right. How did he get a game? 
<laughs> I'll see myself out. <laughs> but like, this is <laughs> from the team that played in the grand final last year. And I know they've had a lot of injuries, but when Kane Lambert, uh, Thompson Dow, Ryan Mansell. I think that's a tad harsh on Kane Lambert. He okay, is Lambert, a good footballer. Lambert's good. But, but like yeah, the- Coleman Jones, Ralph Smith. Yeah, well, oh, don't, don't hate on my boy Ralph, but nah, yeah. I like, well, no, they're all okay. Yeah, no, agreed. Yes. Um, the other Rioli. And then Mark. Well, no, only, only played one game, but yeah. Well, he kicked a good. And, and to be fair, um, Daniel Rioli's played really well since he moved to halfback. Uh, yeah, no, agreed. There is still enough talent in that side to um, play well, but I just think, I mean, I think there's more talent in the GWS side. I think they're tracking better. I agree. And you look at the ins, they are key ins, like through the spine, like Hopper, Hogan, Kelly, Mumford. Oh, Mumford, not so much. He's oh, Mumford is a massive in. He's at the point he can only play once every three weeks. Yeah. But But like when he plays. Huge. And like, yeah, Kelly got that eight-year thing that we talked about, but like he is key to that team. Yeah. Uh, And I I would be interested to see how the odds would be different if Toby Green was there. Because I think they start favourites if Toby Green plays, which is just a massive rap for him how drastically he can change the odds of a game one player i agree but i still do think they should be uh favorites regardless yeah they'll be in the multi no doubt which yeah <laughs> right i'm keen to- not the podcast multi because they're too much of a certainty to be in the podcast multi but in our multis i'm sure they will feature heavily tomorrow night i'm sure they will um all right we're moving to we're moving to Tasmania, where I'd rather yeah. be. Oh, we already did this, didn't we? Yeah, the Taylor Duray Cup. The Taylor Duray Cup, the Suckling Cup. Um, yeah, they're did all. Rob- Robbie Campbell ever play for the Bulldogs? Nah, Robbie Campbell, one team player. One team player. There you go. Hawthorne probably, kid. probably still too one too many. <laughs> Bit harsh on Robbie Campbell. It's a Premiership winning ruckman. I stand by it. That's absolutely fair enough. Um, Oh, yeah, the Harris Lake Cup is what we settled on. Um, Hawthorne, only one out. Dylan Moore pulled up sore after last week's game with a knee. So that's that's a tough out. Um, You mean Darcy Moore? (laughs) No, I do mean Dylan this time. Um. Brockman uh, will not be the sub and actually get game time. Uh, for the dogs, they've got Keith, Waitman, Vandermeer, Lewis Young, and Mitch Hannon in. That's a couple uh, of really big ins, yeah. I mean, yeah. Keith is a big in, especially with the Josh Bruce injury. Yeah. Because I think that probably means Shaki goes forward. Well, uh, Shaki's out, injured. So out, uh, Anthony Scott. Who? Yeah, it was shit ass last week. Um, Ed Richards omitted. Uh, I actually thought he was fair. Yeah, he was fine. But like, you look at the players that are coming in, and probably 
could do without the old uh, fiery redhead. Um, Jamara managed, Bruce obviously injured, Shaki injured, and Rourke Smith is the Medi sub. So Bruce out, Jamara out, and Shaki out. Yeah, that's a small team. Um, Mitch Hannon at centre half forward. He's 190 centimetres. That's, I mean, it's probably not that much smaller than Jamara, is it? But I mean, that is a small forward line. It is, which I don't hate for the dogs just because we have such a tall back line. Look, I agree. And I don't think it'll make a difference this week because Ah. obvious reasons. But I mean, for their structure, I don't think that is anywhere near where they want to be at. It's No, it's definitely not sustainable. And it could be one of those things where you see Bont Ford. Yeah, well, that is a very good point. And um, have so you'd have Bont Ford, and like because there's been a slew of stars across the league being like rested and managed, uh, see Lance Franklin, like you could just see Bont playing up forward just to like get some reduce his workload, yeah, yeah. reduce, yeah, because like the we've talked about the depth in the dogs midfield, it's just fucking outrageous, yeah. Um, but also Jamara rested after what's he played three or four games. Yeah, I think four, four or five. Mm, it seems sure to be a trend that. with rookies, though. Yeah, but at this stage of the year, and given Bruce has gone down, he's actually become quite a pivotal cog in that forward line. I'd he's, like to see him play not. another game and get some confidence under his belt, especially against probably a weaker side. That's true. Um, yeah, I don't... But- yeah. Be- Be- Bevo is the premiership coach, so I'm sure he knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, from the Hawthorne side, Jonathan Segler, 100 games on your side. Love to see it. Love to see it. You absolutely love to see it. Um, is that game in Lonnie? Yeah, it's in Launceston. So, um, yeah, we don't know who our sub is, but. Uh, one of your favourite players of all time is on our emergency list, Michael Hartley. Danny Jacob. Oh. Good old Michael. Danny Jacobs. Nah, not quite. Um, so I'd probably pick uh, Duke or Tank, the uh, medical sub, but it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, we've kind of just run it back, and I think... <laughs> I don't know what the motivations from our like coaching box at this point are, because there's not much rotation. So you're just like, well, they're just trying to play Win. with a team that is the hot hand. Win is Clarker's only motivation yeah. right now. Which I kind of love. Because he's just like, nah, fuck yeah. If you I'm want- getting sacked, I'm getting sacked on a four-game winning streak. I say, like, you wanted the number one pick? Mm. Should have kept me, bastards. So... um. Quick question while we're on Hawthorne. I read another article today that suggested a win, another win-win trade. Um, Jack Gunston to Brisbane. Thoughts? Wouldn't be a trade, though, would it? He'd be a free agent. So I don't know. He's under yeah. contract for a couple of years. Well, I mean, I didn't read the article. I did read the headline, but I didn't read the article. Um, so, A, it would depend on what they gave you. So, this is what they posited they called it a win-win so Hawthorne have a lot of salary cap space because of the Scully and Patton retirement Gunston's on 500 plus a week a week a, a week. 
That's good money a week. That's messy money. Oh, mate, it, it's not even touch messy. It's, it's not even half messy money. No, it's not. Um, so Gunston's on 500 plus a year. So what they're saying is that Hawthorne trade Gunston to Brisbane and pay two-fifths of his salary for, like, Brisbane will end up having pick 15. So yeah, that, that's not a win-win, though. That's a Hawthorne win. You think that's a Hawthorne win? If Brisbane give up their first-round pick for a 30-year-old with a degenerative back, I don't care how much of his salary you're paying. Yeah, that's a win for Hawthorne. Yeah, it's like it's not like Hawthorne are going to pay anyone in free agency. I don't think that's the route we're taking. But I don't know. Yeah, I obviously place Gunston's value higher, I think. And he's still only 30. He was out. Yeah, but 30 with a bad back is. To be fair, it's an old 30. It's, yeah, that's true. It is just, but like last year, he won our best and fairest. Like, true. And I mean, team, shit team, obviously, but like. He, I think he was in the All-Australian 40. Like, that's how good he was. Yeah, that's true. And, I mean, as much as the bad back is a negative, the year off would have done wonders for the rest of his body. Absolutely. And he's like, he, he'll he be, like, he's just had surgery. He'll do a full rehab. So you'd think it'd almost be not Sean Burgoyne-esque, but you could still get five, like four or five okay years out of Gunston. If you get two or three and then the back half. The other thing I think to consider is I'm not sure he's a great fit for Brisbane. Like if you look at the Brisbane forward line when they're all fit, you've got Hipwood and Danaher as the two bigs. Then you've got Cam Rayner to come back and you've got Charlie Cameron. Then you've got Zach Bailey running around there has been a revelation this year. Like is there room for Gunston in that forward line? Well, no, which is why I'm confused. It's a win-win. It seems like clogging up Brisbane's list and giving us a mildly high draft pick, which I think Brisbane would be better off with another hard nut half back because Mitch Robinson's surely going to retire soon. Mitch Robinson will play till he's 45. That's true. Mummy style, but it doesn't need a rest. He'll just run through brick walls to prove himself. Because he's just a menace. Yeah. <laughs> he's a menace. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think. I don't know what Richmond, uh, Richmond. I don't know what Brisbane do need because they've got to be a good. Good midfield. They've got good backline. Like I know Hipwood's now injured and Rainer's been out all year, and Rainer is a massive loss. But yeah, I'm not sure. Like if I was the Brisbane recruiting manager and got offered a Jet player in one category, I don't know what I'd pick. Probably another midfielder because you always need midfield depth. And as good as Lockie Neal and Berry and uh, Starsevich and that have been you could use another Rolls Royce in there always. Yeah. Um, I would say it's what uh, the Bulldogs had though, which is like, oh, we can have Trelaw for sweet fuck all. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Uh, anyway, that was just a, a, a mini aside. Uh, we moved to GMHBA Stadium, uh, which will be the second best game at GMHBA Stadium this week. Long um, Cameron back in? Yes, sir. I got Cameron, oh, Smith, Cameron, Lockie Henderson back in. Woof. <laughs> and Mark O'Connor. Don't forget my boy Mark O'Connor. Mark O'Connor. Um, 
Jordan Clark omitted. The, the man could not buy a game. Uh, Gary Rowan injured. Tui also injured. And then you've got Dougal Howard back in for uh, the Saints, which is a big in. And then Hanabry. I, I don't even know what to make of Hanabry at this point in his career. He's kind of just a... He's great on paper. Yeah. Um, I feel like he lives off that, like, 2015, 16 season that he had. 14, wasn't it? Wasn't it the year they made the grand final against you? He was just... Oh, yeah, and then uh, Rolls Royce. Absolutely killed him in the grand final. Ruined his career. And um, now he's the assistant coach. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, uh, <laughs> you'd like to think he brings that up a fair bit. Um, just at training, <laughs> roughly charging towards him. Watch out. <laughs> I'm pulling up on you. Yeah, um, no, as I said last night, which I don't know if that will make the final edit. It um, won't. It We're won't. just redoing the recap, uh, the previews. Yeah, that's probably not a bad call. I, th- I feel like this has the potential to be game of the round if St Kilda come out as good, St Kilda. If it's just the teams if, that turned up last week. This is a good game. In the Stephen King Cup, could be anything. It could also be a 12-goal win at Geelong. You yeah. just do not know. Yeah. Um, yeah, Cameron to do his hamstring halfway through the second quarter. Don't say it. Knock on wood that it doesn't happen. Um, at 4.35 as well, Port uh, Adelaide Carlton. I mean, jeez. No, Port Adelaide, I, I think I said 12 goals. I, I've changed to 15 goals. Yeah. Out Harry Mackay, out Jack Silvani, out Liam Jones. Ooh. <laughs> That's all their tall timber. They've lost their full forward, their full back, and their ruckman. And the crazy thing is, um, Jack Silvani was actually doing all right in the ruck. He really warmed into the position, but what that that is like, out of the players you want, to play for Carlton. And I feel like the underrated, not underrated, obviously, but like Liam Jones is a huge out for that back line. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's one of two defenders. It's him and Wiedering, and then everyone else is just like, I can run forward. Saad. Adam Saad. Bending bone in his body. Neither does Tom Williamson. Liam Stock is not much better. So, sheesh. Uh, Connor Rosie to kick 12. You'd love to see it, wouldn't you? As long as it's not Arazio. Is he playing this week? Oh, he's on the bench. I assume um, so. He played last week. Powell Pepper omitted. Yeah, hasn't been hasn't been anywhere near as good the, even the last couple of years as he was when he first. I know, which is a shame. I saw him before we got you know locked down for the three hundredth time. He should be such a good player. Mm. For me, he should be like the next coming of Dustin Martin because he's just a menace around, like he's so hard around the ball. Um, there was that period in time where he just fended everyone off. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't think he's anywhere near as mercurial as Dusty, but I can definitely, if he could get in form, he strikes me as a sort of Cunnington style player, I think. Just, yeah, just, just absolute like, bull, hard nut. Don't want to tackle. He'll, he'll leave you bruised. Um, yeah, Port Adelaide by a lot. Um, the Mal Michaels Cup. Um, as you, no, the, the Nathan Buckley Cup. As you well said, the Nathan Buckley Cup. Um, in Queensland, 
interestingly enough. It is particularly interesting for reasons that we'll come to later. Yeah. Um, Robinson out. Uh, the barometer omitted. How do you no. omit the barometer of your team? Not Reese. Not Reese. Uh, Lockie Neal. I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. Didn't even know he played last week. He, ever since he said that, he has been terrible. <laughs> he has been awful. Yeah. Um, my boy, Isaac Quainer out. I did see that. That's sad. Big, big, I really like Isaac Quainer. He's one of my Me too. Love him. Well, I think he's, he's going to be a superstar. Um, Jeremy Howe manage after one game. He's played one game. He took a really good grab on the weekend, and that's about it. Um, Dacos back in. Cool. This this game does nothing for me. Yep. No, I would agree. Brisbane by a fair amount, you'd like to think so. I think, uh, I think Collingwood yeah. might pack it up. <laughs> I, I think I, I think that's a pretty fair summation. Um, yeah. Speaking of games that do nothing for me. Well, considering we're minus a Franklin, I don't care. I don't care. Oh, actually, it's Nick Larky's 50th game. I'll turn up for that. Nick Larky to kick eight. Um, hey, here's, 15 between Zerhar and Larky. Here's your, fa- here's your favorite player in for North, Charlie Combin. Combin? Combin. Um, who? Why is he my favorite player? Because I have never heard of this man in my life. Okay. I didn't declare him. I didn't drunkenly declare him to be my favorite. No, you did not. Um, Sydney Inns, Braden Campbell, pick five from this year's draft. Hayden McLean and Lewis Melican in for his 50th game. Can't say I've ever seen Lewis Pelican play a game in my life. Hey, don't disrespect the Pelican like that. But same. Um, Sydney to win pretty comfortably. You'd like to think so. <laughs> um, Sunday afternoon, 2.10, MCG, Melbourne, Adelaide in the uh, disgruntled cup, the Jake Lever Cup. The Jake Lever Cup, um, correct, yeah. Um, Adelaide put up a fight last week. Um, it was a bad game from all accounts. I was watching the Saints <laughs> bully the Swans, but um, Melbourne have one out, and that's Jaden Hunt. They've got an extended interchange, which includes Sam Wiedemann. Uh Billy Frampton back in for the Crows. Uh, Lockie Scholl. And Sam Berry, cool. Uh, Brody Smith and Riley O'Brien out with injuries. Again, cool. God, Riley O'Brien's such a big out against Max Gorn. I'll say Max Gorn might have like 40 touches. He was really good last week, Rob. Rob. (laughs) ROB. Stick with me. I'm operating at a higher level. Yeah, mate, that's why they pay the big bucks. Um, yeah, no, against uh, Lysette and who's the other Ruckman report? 
uh, the, uh, it's uh, um, Laddams, but I don't think he was playing, was he? So it was probably a Lear. Ah, uh, yeah. Who had a who had a belter of a game last week? He did. He was fantastic. Um, um, oh no, Laddams did play. So yeah, it was Lysette and Laddams. Hmm. Um, but Ben Brown's finally, well, not finally, but like after what, he's he, hitting oh, some good form, rounding into classic sideshow form. Um, Bailey Fritch went missing last week. Um, because I put him in my multi. Hey, mate, give him a break. He got struck by lightning. Yeah, well, he may as well have. Um, look, Melbourne should just be winning this game. There's there's zero. It's the derm analysis. It's the... <laughs> yeah, they're a pretty good team, Port. Carlton is shit. Carlton's best players out. Yeah, exactly. Melbourne, good. Adelaide, not good. Thanks for coming. Um, the best... The, the game... <laughs> the best game at GMHBA this week, Gold Coast Essendon. The um, look, really, it's the Peter Wright Cup. Oh, the two meter Peter. But I would also, I would also put forward the Jacob Townsend Cup. Yeah, the Adam Sard Betrayal Cup, and one that doesn't really hit the um, criteria. Mm. But for obvious reasons, will be endearing. The Kyle Remus Cup. <laughs> In that game where Essendon were ninety-four to zero up against Gold Coast, Kyle Remus kicked seven. Yeah, almost as good as two meter Peter. Um, the Gold big Coast. two meter seven seater egg beater. What did you call him? A wife beater. I think I said God beater. Police beater. Oh, yeah, God beater. That's what you call it. <laughs> um, big ins for the Don. Oh, yeah. Huge. Andrew McGrath. Uh, Andrew Phillips. Cool. The hand. He, he won't play. He won't play. And Dyson Heppel back in after what? One week One, out of the thumb? Yeah. Um, and Arch. No, it's, it's not in here. I just assume he was part of the oh. team. Yeah, no, he was the sub last week. But Arch back in, Andy McGrath back in, Heppel in. Flip and Ham won't play. I would anticipate it being McGrath, Heppel, Perkins in for Tipper, Marty Gleeson, and probably Alec Waterman. Although I've got an awful, awful feeling in the pit of my stomach that it'll be Matt Guelphie out. Huge that tip has been dropped. Yeah, I think he's had he, some personal. It, it appears he's had some personal problems, which has meant he hasn't trained or played anywhere near to his best. Yeah. So it's sort of reading between the lines of, or not even between the lines. It's basically what it said. It said we're going to give him this week off, and we're going to basically put him into a ten-day boot camp to mm. try and get him fit again, so he can start impacting games like he did earlier in the year. I mean, you, you, he hasn't looked good in the last two months, as far as I'm concerned. No, he's been awful. And just some of the moves, bringing McGrath back this early, which I even I think is premature. I would have brought him back next week. But bringing him back this week and dropping Tipper and sending him to get fit for 10 days and just 
some of the moves they're making seems like they genuinely not only think they're going to make finals, but think they can probably win one. I mean, was it shoot for the stars? Shoot for the stars. Even if you miss, you'll land at the prelim. Fi- oh no, that's right. Shoot for the stars. If you make it, you'll land at the prelim finals. <laughs> it's not even the stars. It's like you're just reaching the ozone, the outer <laughs> ozone layer. Yeah, shoot for the troposphere. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Um, as for the Gold Coast, it's one of those things where it's like, it's a bit of who cares, but they beat Carlton and they uh, looked pretty good doing it, but they've lost Brandon Ellis to an injury. That's so, true. Oh, Jacob Townsend out as well. I assume injured, is he? Uh, I don't know. It's not on here. I've, I've just got four ins. Will Brody in again. Yeah, Will Brody, Rory Atkins, Alex Davies and Ned Flanders. Absolutely. Um, and then my sheet says Brandon Ellis out, Jacob Townsend out. Yeah. What are you? I'm I'm just on the official AFL website. But like, I'm on the I'm on the Footy Live app. Ah. Then again, the Essendon ins and outs say Dyson Heppel in, Andrew Phillips in, Braden Ham in, Tipper out. No, no, uh... no, Andrew McGrath. So maybe it is having a glitch with the whole um, squads. Yeah, but e- even like. Um... Like what ground it's at? Probably just like oh fuck. <laughs> it yeah. seems like very binary. The uh, footy so, line. So maybe Townsend's gone from the field to the bench, and it's considered that as a drop. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. And um, their extended squads particularly matter at this uh, at this point. Yeah. No. Exactly. Um, yeah. Look, I would be hugely disappointed if we lost. And to be honest, pretty disappointed if we didn't win by, that's almost out, but a little bit high. Um, probably disappointed if we don't win by at least five goals. Because uh, um, I just, I genuinely rate them as the worst side of the competition. And I've said this before, but. Yeah, they're like Jekyll and Hyde with a lot of Jekyll and not nearly as much Hyde um, as you'd like from a squad which has a lot of talent, but this is such an Essendon trap game. It would yep. be so aggressively Essendon to lose this game yep. on the back of beating what top spot or scrape through and then get beat by Collingwood next week. Oh, that would be even worse. I'm rooting for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting to me that Isaac Rankin is not back in. He's not. Yeah, no, he hasn't been good. And they've been pretty firm with their, um, not treatment, but just like decision. Selection policy. Yeah. Selection policy. And so much so that there's been rumours that he's might be on the way to Adelaide, I think. Oh, yeah. That'd do him wonders. I was going to say. Yeah, that go from a, one basket case to another. Such a lateral move. Um, but, yeah. Essendon have to win this game. Oh, absolutely. Like quite literally to make finals, but also just just for the fans' sake. It would be, yeah, we would become St Kilda supporters if we got beat this week, just in the insanity. Yeah. It's a eternal pit of just sad if you lose. Yeah. Um, what are the odds for this game? I'm intrigued. 366, I think the Gold Coast are. Yes. And the Dons are $1.29. God, 
Collingwood are $6.70. Melbourne are $9.20. Jesus. <laughs> Adelaide are $9.20. Yeah, yeah. My bad. Against Melbourne. Fucking yeah. zero value there. Um, all right. The Derby. Last match of the round. Um, this game kind of matters. Oh, it absolutely matters. Um, so for an, from an Essendon perspective, it matters because Essendon need one of GWS and West Coast to lose. But if Richmond win tomorrow night, then this game becomes huge for Richmond's chances of making the finals. So right. if Richmond win tomorrow, then obviously that's GWS losing a game. Yep. So if GWS and West Coast both lose a game and Richmond win both theirs, Richmond will finish eighth and GWS and West Coast will both miss out. And then Essendon... Essendon will finish seventh. Oof. I feel like that's best case scenario for you guys, isn't it? Uh, well, I mean, it doesn't... I would think, because it depends who finishes fifth and sixth, I would think the best case scenario for Essendon is probably to play Sydney, to be honest, as opposed to Brisbane. We've played them twice this year, lost both, but by a combined 10 points. Yeah, but like, I'd um, almost rather lose by 15 goals to Brisbane because <laughs> every time Essendon plays Sydney, you lose by about one to five points in a heartbreaking yeah. fashion. Look, true, but at the same time, it won't be in Sydney, so that's a win. I don't know. Did you see all the guys at Bondi today? Yeah, no, I stick by it. It won't be in Sydney, so you wouldn't think they'd let them play it in Victoria, so it'll be in probably Adelaide or Brisbane. So it'll be a neutral venue as opposed to playing Brisbane in Brisbane. Probably in Queensland, you'd think. Um, so, yeah, I... I Personally, I would prefer to play Sydney, even though the buddy factor. Yeah, I prefer to play Sydney than play Brisbane. Um, but yes, if Richmond win tomorrow night, which the bookie says a very good chance, wild, then all of a sudden the derby becomes a huge game. Well, big out Andrew Brayshaw. It is, yeah, suspended. Um, possibly equally as big out is Shannon Hearn for the West Coast. Yeah, no. It's... Possibly out forever. What's he done? Well, he's out for the year. I'll say to get his arm cut off. Um, yeah, so he's out for the, I think, with a quad. So if he doesn't play on next year, then 301 um, and out. Well, that being said, West Coast have some big ins to their extended list. They've got Waterman, Liam Ryan, uh, Shuey and Tom Barras and Luke Foley. Yeah, I think, yeah, Liam Ryan, Tom Barras and Shuey are big ins. The other two aren't such big ins, but you're right. They are, they are some, some big ins. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of Frio, but I think with, I think with Fife out. Um, Brayshaw out. And, and Brayshaw out. And Walters is still not playing, is he? I don't believe so. Yeah, no. so I think, I think without Fife and Walters and Brayshaw, I think West Coast win. Yeah, look, especially if it's dry. Yeah, uh, like obviously West Coast have been very sporadic, but Fremantle's last five games, they beat Hawthorne because they Hawthorne. They lost by 
uh, 12 goals to Geelong. They lost by seven goals to Sydney. They beat Richmond in that just wild game out West. And then they got absolutely pantsed by Brisbane. So, yeah. So difficult to read their form. West Coast are just real up and down. So, no, really unpredictable, which is probably a good thing. Well, West Coast have lost two on the trot. You can't imagine them losing three on the trot if they have any hopes of making finals. And that's just the expectations for West Coast. Yeah, well, I think to make finals now, yeah, well, assuming that Essendon beat Gold Coast Collingwood, for West Coast to make the finals, they now have to beat Freo and then beat Brisbane in Brisbane. Just win out. If, yeah, hey, they have to win out. If you want to make finals from... What is it? Frio. Uh, like, obviously, some of those teams have other results depending. But just like, if you're Essendon, just win out. Yeah. Probably get in. West Coast, just win out. If West Coast win out, they definitely get in. Same with GWS, because they're in already. Yeah. Um, and for Essendon, Richmond, Frio, I think St. Kilda are 10th, aren't they? Yeah. Win out and hope stuff goes your way. But yeah, Essendon, Richmond are the two that are pretty likely to make the finals if they win out. Mm. Um, West Coast GWS obviously will make the finals if they win out. And it, yeah. Yeah. Makes- yeah. <laughs> it's tough. It's, it's, hey, it's fun. It's close. That's, that's all we can ask for. Exactly. The, there's still positions on the line with two weeks to go. So that's good. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, and that's round 22. That's a wrap. That's a wrap for round 22. <laughs> we did it. Internet. We got there. It only took us 25 hours, but we got there. It did. That, that's all it took. Um, now what? <laughs> uh, well, I don't have votes, but no, no, that's fine. A, a, as we have discussed in the past week, I think I can go back to the lyric well that we haven't been to for a while. Oh, no, not this. All right. Look at this crowd I haven't If it's what I think it is Which I feel like it might It be, is I still haven't listened to the song I fucking love the song yeah? well, I just walk around singing it um, But that's because Almost through just exposure therapy And I still like the music Other than Isn't it? Huh? It's a bit Stockholm syndrome, isn't it? Where you just like, oh yeah, a little bit. I mean, I even the first time I listened to it, the music was all right. The lyrics are just awful. But we're gonna go for our longest uh, lyric quote so far, I think, because it's eight lines, and I'm gonna read it all in perfect monotone, just to convey the awfulness of it. <laughs> this is the first new single from my favorite band in. 30 years. God, that's the 90s, isn't it? (laughs) Excluding the album that he released by himself in 2008 um, under the band name, but it was just him left, so it doesn't really count. So, yeah, since 1991. These are the lyrics to the first single in 30 years. Listen, motherfuckers, to the song that should be heard Back down in the gutter is more than you deserve. 
Screaming fucking banshee, you know that's what you are. Pussy full of maggots, isn't that absurd? Dizzy little dreamer with your head down in the stars, fucking little schemer, lost yourself inside the art. Syphilitic priestess, baby, I know who you are. Parasitic demon sucking acid through your heart. Uh, Absurd. It's just, it is quite literally absurd. 30 years took you to write that shit. To the point where the majority of the fan base think this, releasing this song as the single is a really elaborate troll. How so? Like legitimately how long people have been waiting for music and how, what people expect and what people want releasing this song that is just complete shit. The lyrics are awful. And beyond that, that verse just gets repeated for the next two verses. And the fact that the chorus is literally just absurd. Right. People just think it's, he's literally just playing with us now to say, well, you want a song? Fine. Have this absurd song. Right. So it's kind of equivalent to when, I don't know if you remember this, but everyone was waiting for Kanye West to drop music and he dropped, Poop did he scoop? Poop did yeah. he scoop? Scoop he woop. And I was like, oh, all right, we're doing this. Which it will be utterly hilarious if they then go on to release an album or at least another couple of singles that are really good. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't put it past them. They're just like if they if they do that, this is hilarious. If they don't, and this is it. Washed. Washed. Oh. Good grief. All right. Well. And on that bombshell. It is time to end. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the first part, which took us 24 hours to record. How absurd. How absurd. My name is Ben Um Ash, any last words? Pussy full of maggots. 